I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. Well, I got a phone call about a week or so ago from someone who'd been scammed when he went on Facebook. And I thought it was important to share his experience since it was what I'm calling a double whammy, two scams in one. Two scams in one. That sounds ominous. How did it work? Well, our victim, who I will call Ken, which is not his real name, went on Facebook and he posted a picture of himself and his dog. He was soon contacted by someone claiming to be a woman who said she was interested in being friended by him since she loved his picture and loved the picture of his dog. When you say he was contacted by someone who claimed to be a woman, what exactly do you mean? Well, the scammer sent a picture of an attractive woman, but as I told Ken, she or he could have gotten this picture on the Internet. And given the kind of scam that this turned out to be, it was more than likely that this Facebook contact was a male living in Nigeria and possibly a member of the Black Ox gang. Ooh, so what happened after the initial contact? Well, Ken accepted her as a friend, and pretty soon they developed a romance. She told him how much she cared about him and started calling him pet names like Baby. But after the first few conversations, she told him that she actually worked for Facebook, and by some strange twist of fate, he had won the Facebook lottery. Ooh, how much did she say he had won? Did he even remember entering a Facebook lottery? Well, the scammer told Ken he had won $500,000, and of course, he wasn't aware of any Facebook lottery, but she said that all Facebook users were automatically entered into their lottery, and he won just by a random drawing. She went on to say that since she worked for Facebook, she would be his Facebook representative and help him claim the prize. And she even sent him a picture of a certificate with his name on it and a photo of the Facebook president with the president's name. And his Facebook friend claimed that this person on the certificate was the actual president of Facebook. So did Ken do anything to verify that what this person was telling him was true? By this time, Ken was pretty far down the road of believing in this romance, but he did Google the Facebook president, and it came back with the photo of the person on the certificate and the same name. Of course, the crooks could just create a certificate using the president's name and a picture they could get off the Internet. Did Ken need to do anything to claim this prize? Of course. He needed to send her a $100 processing fee so she could arrange for the money to be delivered by FedEx. So he did that. He sent in the first payment. Uh Uh-oh, first payment. That doesn't sound good. Is this something scammers do to test the waters, ask for a small amount to see if the victims will comply? Yes, and they try and hook you in, and that certainly happened in this case because after he sent the initial $100, his scammer told him that Mr. William Smith, the president of FedEx, would be processing the transfer of the money and that he would need a fee of $500 to accomplish that transfer. 
Oh, no. Did he send the $500? And if so, where did he send it? Well, unfortunately, he did send the $500, and he had his bank send it to another bank in Texas. The bank was called Frost Bank. Now, he Googled Frost Bank to determine that it was a legitimate bank, and that seemed to reassure him. And, of course, by this time, the romance was really buzzing, and this woman wanted to come out and meet Ken, and she started referring to herself as his, quote, wife. Ooh, that's a little creepy, isn't it? Did she need money to pay for this trip? Of course. So along with the $500 he sent to the supposed president of FedEx, an additional $380 to pay for this woman to come out and see him. Was that the end of it? Oh, no. Next, the woman sent another text saying that an FBI agent by the name of, get this, Dana Scully was going to be the courier bringing the money to him, and she needed $950 to do that. And to further convince him, they sent a photo of the agent's supposed credentials. Ooh. So the amount of money the scammers were asking for, it sounds like kept increasing. First to 100, then 500, plus 380 for the woman's travel expenses, then 1,000. What did Ken do? Well, finally, Ken started getting more suspicious, so he Googled the name Dana Scully and found out that this was an actress playing the part of an FBI agent. Oh, my goodness. I, it's never funny to scam someone, but this is just, like, unbelievable. Yeah. This was the name of the FBI agent in the show The X-Files. That's right. That's right. And so at this point, Ken realized he had been scammed. And when he confronted this, quote, woman, she, of course, denied that it was a scam and continued to text and demand money. And when Ken called me, I asked if he and this woman had ever spoken by phone. He said, no, she wouldn't talk to him by phone, only text. And I think I was able to convince him that there was no woman. When he got a text from her, he needed to think of a Nigerian man sitting in a big room with lots of phones and lots of people making the same kinds of calls somewhere in Africa. Oh, my. I can see why you called this a double whammy, a romance scam and a lottery scam wrapped up in one. That's right. So, Patty, I do have some good news for us today. That's good. Yeah. I got another email, and this was from the Federal Trade Commission. And do you remember back in 2017 when Equifax had a data breach that exposed the personal information of many, many people, actually 147 million people? Yes. Well, that data breach exposed consumers' names, their social security numbers, dates of birth, addresses, and in some cases, the driver's license numbers. So, of course, there was a lawsuit based on this loss of information, and the final settlement included a restitution fund of $425 million to help people who were affected by the data breach. In other words, people whose identities had been stolen and who lost money because of this breach. So, apparently, you can apply for reimbursement There is a website. It's called Equifax Data Breach Settlement Website. 
And I'm told that if you Google that, you can figure out how to apply for reimbursement because now, thankfully, there are funds to reimburse people. Well, that is good news because if someone has had their identity stolen, that can truly be a nightmare. So I'm glad that they're paying money to help people who were injured by that data breach. That is good news indeed. Thank you so much, Vicki. Would you remind our listeners how they would get a hold of you if they're concerned that they might be being scammed or someone that they care about might be being scammed? The fraud hotline here in my office is area code 805-568-2442. And I will say that once again, 805-568-2442. And Patty, before we sign off today, I'd like to wish our listeners a very, very happy holiday. Me too. Happy holiday, everyone. Until next time. Bye, Vicki. Bye, Patty.